I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday. So make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Let's Get Civical. In this mini episode, we are giving you an impeachment update. So grab your 67 senators and let's get civical. Hey, everybody. Hi, guys. It's us today. That was bad. <laughs> and it'll Hi. be us tomorrow as well. It'll, and it'll be and us it tomorrow. Us yesterday. And the next day. And the next day. And the next day. But today on this day, we're doing a mini episode. Yeah. By popular demand. You guys were screaming from the rooftops. That's not true. But I know we all need to talk about yeah. what's been going on. I've really been itching to talk about this. Yeah. It's hard to not. People, yeah. that is a question I get a lot from from folks like, are you guys going to tackle the impeachment stuff? And it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. we are. And yes. we and so we are. And so we are to, as, today. As everybody remembers, we did a great impeachment episode of like what the process is like. Yeah. Many moons ago. It was with, one of the first four. It was one of the first four with the amazing Afira Eisenberg. And, you know. When we did that episode, we were like, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? Yep. I don't know. We were kind of back and forth. And sure enough, here we are. And it is happening. Almost a full year later. Almost. Yeah. yeah since we recorded it, for sure. So yeah. happy anniversary to us and impeachment. 
Cheers. And (laughs) in celebration, we're going to talk about what's been going on in this particular impeachment process. I love it. So I'm going to just jump right in and start with the timeline of events of the impeachment process. Great. Before I start, I'm going to say the majority of what we're talking about today comes from a really great, two really great articles. One is from Business Insider, written by Grace Panetta. And the second is a New York Times article written by Wei Kai. And these two great individuals really laid it out just like what's been happening, the processes, what's next. Great. You know, everybody's worried about what's next, and we'll talk about it because I'm worried. And by what's next, they want to know that, like, what that means is when is he leaving office? When is it? That's like, yeah. what's next is like, when is he gone? When is it over? When is it? It's when are we out of our misery? Just shoot me. Okay. So <laughs> let's talk about the year of our Lord 2019, specifically September. In mid September, Reports of a whistleblower surfaced about a call Trump made to the president of Ukraine that alleged that Trump threatened to withhold congressionally approved aid unless the Ukrainian president investigated Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, on a call that took place on July 25th. The starting moment. This, the inciting incident. Yeah. The July 25th call. I guess yeah. I should have started in July. In July of the 25th day, a call between President Trump and, U- and the Ukrainian president is where this is all coming from. Yep. So that happened in mid-September. Then on September 24th, Nancy Pelosi announces that the House Intelligence, Oversight, and Foreign Affairs Committees would be jointly pursuing an impeachment inquiry into President Trump, specifically surrounding the allegations of this whistleblower, the whistleblower will come into play a lot in in this timeline. Then, two days later, on September 26th, the full declassified whistleblower complaint between Trump and Ukraine's president was released. We're reading it. We all read it. Everybody read the text. Read the text. On October 8th, the White House releases statements announcing that they will not allow the administration to cooperate with the impeachment inquiry. This will come into play later because they're like, you can't talk. To Congress. You can't do it. Right. You can't do it. No. Two days later, Lev Parnas and Igor or Igor Fruman, associates of Rudy Giuliani, who are alleged to have helped Giuliani dig up dirt on Joe Biden, were charged with campaign finance finance violations. This is when they came and drew like they dragged them off the plane, right? Mm-hmm. And this is where I was like, okay, this yeah. is all gonna fall. On Rudy Giuliani. Sweet, sweet Rudy. Man, get like give give us a week. And some like he the Rudy Giuliani, I feel like, is about to just explode. Like like, I know it has already, but he is about it's all about to come crashing down. I can't wait. And then on October 17th, Mick Mulvaney publicly confirms that Trump held Ukrainian aid. In exchange for political gains. So this to this was my moment. This was my moment was watching this press conference where Mick Mulvaney said something along the lines and and I'm paraphrasing. Yes, he did quid pro quo. So what? So what? Right. And it's like, (laughs) I remember being like, Mick, (laughs) sweetie. Stop. <laughs> you just admitted to you killing the baby in front of a bunch of people. Yeah. Yeah. Mick. Mick. Eh, Mick. Sweet Mick. Yep. I feel like he's another one who will probably flip 
So that was on October 17th where Mick Mulvaney was like, yes, of course, he withheld aid. And everybody was like, Mick, (laughs) tell me more. Mick, (laughs) this is not what we rehearsed. Sweet Mick. Okay. Then on October 22nd, U.S. Acting Ambassador to Ukraine Bill Taylor testifies that Gordon, Gordon Sondland and Kurt Volker worked on behalf of Trump and Giuliani to push the Ukrainian government to launch an investigation into Biden in exchange for aid. So these, this testimony was happening behind closed doors. And this, this is the one in this gift. Mm-hmm. One of the ones in this gift. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then on October, one day later, uh, on October 23rd, Republican House members stormed the closed door impeachment hearings. This room was a secure congressional facility that they used their cell phones in, risking national security. Oh. uh, And I just, the funny thing to note about the Republicans storming these hearings is that a little less than half of the members in these impeachment hearings are Republicans. So are you, wait, 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 wait. Are you telling me that when Devin Nunez Mm. said multiple times during the public hearings, Mm that they were secret impeachment hearings mm. that he was lying? I mean, Lizzie, I, you he's hey, lying? first of all, he and I are very close. I would never in my life call him a liar. Um, but uh, he, uh, they were invited. <laughs> in fact, uh, like legally ha- more than, uh, less than half of them have to be on these committees. Right. Um, and it's truly, it wasn't like they just had one, right? It was like a third third were Republican House members in these meetings where they were like, please participate. Right. Please ask the questions. And instead they were like, we're not invited. <laughs> you didn't invite us to the party. <laughs> no. It's like watching a, a child have a meltdown in the cereal aisle at the grocery store. Right. Where the child's like, I'll never eat again. <laughs> If you don't buy me Captain Crunch, I'll never eat again. And it's like, what are you talking about? Like, we have cereal in we the have basket. Se- and Adam Schiff is the parent who's like, you can keep throwing your temper tantrum, uh-huh. but everybody is just going to think that you are insane. Yeah. Yeah. Then on October 31st, the year of our Lord 2019, the House passed the resolution to formalize the impeachment inquiry. So... Up until that point, they were literally just asking questions. Right. They were just like, are there grounds? Like, who do we need to hear from? Are there grounds? And then on October 31st, it was like, okay, (laughs) there are grounds. (laughs) There are grounds, and this is now a visual. And so the vote passed 232 to 196, essentially along party lines. Yep. And so what this resolution set up was it set up open hearings, a.k.a. public hearings, which we have been... Everybody's been watching and seeing coverage on since then. So this also allowed for the ranking members of the Intelligence Committee, GOP Representative Devin Nunez, to call for witnesses or subpoena. So like in this moment, it was like, okay, Devin, you can call for witnesses. Right. You can subpoena. Right. It is now both sides. Right. Both sides of fair game to this. Call the witnesses. Right. Issue subpoena. Because up until this point, it was just the Democrats being like, we run the committees and yeah, it's like, unofficial. We're, gonna we're gonna call on these people and we're gonna ask them questions because we don't know what we don't know. Right. So we need to know. Right. We need to ask people who were there who have information what they know so that we can call people exactly. to testify to what they know. Exactly right. 
This resolution also uh, published redacted transcripts of the closed door depositions. So the ones we were just talking about. And we'll talk about those in just a second. And then it allows for the president and his attorneys to cross-examine witnesses. So this is where it's like, send in your attorneys. Ask the questions. Ask the questions. Could you imagine Rudy being like, now, <laughs> Ambassador Sondland, on the door. <laughs> yeah. Did you receive a call from me? <laughs> did I call you? <laughs> did we or yes did we or not, yes. not not speak on July 25th? Oh I, I just have this vision of like Rudy like Skyping in from Ukraine where he <laughs> has been like 90 times in this like one week period. It's always Rudy's always in Ukraine and I just want to be like Rudy. Oh Get out of Ukraine. It looks Just bad. Just get out of Ukraine. It go looks so bad else. for you. Go anywhere else. Like, go to Russia. That would be better right now. Just stop. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't know the ins and outs and the intricacies of things. But I just feel like, Rudy, get out of Ukraine. Okay, so on November 3rd, the whistleblower offers to answer written questions from House Republicans. So just know that the whistleblower's like, ask me anything. AMA. Reddit. AMA. AMA. You can't know who I am because legally I don't have to say who I am. I'm no. protected by the Constitution. Uh, you can't ask me who I am. Devin. <laughs> Stop asking who the whistleblower is. It is illegal. But I will answer any questions that you have. Every, they're given every opportunity. To ask questions to all of the people. And they're like, no. No, we don't want to ask questions. Aisle, no. Oh. You know when kids get that, that sound in their voice? Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. It's That's so what you're doing. what you're doing right now. <laughs> Sorry, producer Kate is putting her head in her hands because she knows that. Look at the I'm spikes on the audio right now. The, Just look at me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know we didn't check that sound. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll bring it down. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, that's a softer one. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Yes, yes. Sorry. So, please. So then November 4th through the 8th, transcripts from testimonies from Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vidman. Fiona Hill, Bill Taylor, Kurt Volker, Gordon Sondland, and Maria Ivanovich were all confirming quid pro quo allegations. So, so this they, is from their closed door stuff. These are the te the redacted testimonies from their closed door sessions where basically everybody was like, yeah, it was a tit for tat. It was a quid mm -hmm. pro quo. And yeah, we all knew about Very it. clearly. And we were, and we all, <laughs> I like how they were all like, yeah, we all reported it to our supervisor. I'm like, where are the supervisors? <laughs> Because they're all like, yeah, I was, I literally said to my supervisor, I was like, this is not normal. And right. I'm like, okay, where, where's the next tier up? Right. So then on November 13th, acting ambassador to the Ukraine, Bill Taylor, and State Department official overseeing U Ukrainian policy, George Kent, are the first to publicly testify in the House Intelligence Committee hearing. Yeah. Big one. That was Bill a big one. Taylor, man. Woo! Very good testimony. Really good testimony. Like these are all like the people who we're going to talk about who all did public testimony. These are all legitimate people. They've been doing their jobs for decades plus. Yeah, and have respect. Yeah, are, are like widely respected for the most part. Not, I think Son like you would no, be well, hard pressed sure. to say Sondland is, is widely respected. Right, and and not yeah. not to like dig on Sondland, although his hearing performance was. Interesting to say the least. Sure. But he's just before that, he was like a hotel owner. Right. 
Right. Um, he so should like never widely be in respected in the, in the field place. is not applicable to him, yeah. but most of the, of the other ones, like the career officials. Yeah. Right. A lot of envoys. Envoys. Let's fight. <laughs> <laughs> just want to stir the pot. <laughs> I just want to stir yeah, the pot. I'm going to get wrapped yeah. up. I'm going to make sounds like a child in a cereal aisle. <laughs> I know. I know. But it's okay. <laughs> you did it now. You're making producer K mad because you're screaming into the mic. <laughs> Look at my, this is the first time I've ever spiked like you. Okay. Your laughs will spike some of the time. Oh, really? Yeah. You, you get a good cackle in there <laughs> and, I, and I have to like bring it down. <laughs> yeah. So then November 15th. Former U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Ivanovich, testifies in the House Intelligence Committee hearing for six hours. Six hours. Six hours. Six hours. She was so good. I mean, they were all good. Of course she was. It just got better day by day. Yeah. Like, Bill Taylor, like, he he set the tone and was just very, like, he commanded respect just by his sheer presence. Right. What he had to say. And then Ivanovich testified, and I was like, oh, shit, this is, like, this is going to get real. Mm -hmm. She's not kidding. Yeah. So then on November 19th, the top Ukraine expert on the National Security Council, Lieutenant Alexander Vidman, Foreign Service aide to Vice President Mike Pence, Jennifer Williams, the National Security Council's former official overseeing Russia and European policy and former U.S. envoy to the Ukraine, Kurt Volker, testify publicly in the House Intelligence Committee hearing. Sorry, that's like I try to list all of their I was like, like all of their jobs because it's important to be like, so who important. are these people? It's like the Ukrainian yeah. expert on the National Security Council. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And then Jennifer Williams, who like the Republicans tried to say, like, you're like basically make her out to be like his scheduler. Right. And it's <laughs> like, like, no, no honey, no, no, she's very qualified. She's very important. Yeah. So they they all testify. Volker dramatically altered his previous testimony by saying he found the investigation into the Bidens to be inappropriate. So yeah. he in his Flip closed door testimony deep. said he didn't really see anything like everything was above board. Mm-hmm. And then he testified on, on this day on the on the 19th and was like, no. Yeah. No. Quid pro quo. And it's all there. Yep. And I believe Volker was the Republicans witness. He was. So that's also also important to know that yep. the Republicans did call Volker and Volker was like, um, yeah. Yep. It ha- happened. It ha- happened. Sorry. Sorry. So then the next day, it was a big week. Big week. Big week. Big week. November 20th, U.S. Ambassador to the EU, Gordon Sondland, Deputy Assistant Secretary at the Department of Defense, Laura Cooper, Undersecretary of State for Political Affairs of the State Department, David Hale, all publicly testified in the House uh, Intelligence Committee hearings. I feel like Gordon Sondland was probably the high, not the highlight, but like the... Well, his demeanor alone. Yeah. Like, he sat down in that chair and I was like, okay. Okay. Okay, uh, we're at a frat party. It, oh my god, I <laughs> the know. The setting has changed. Red Solo Cup. <laughs> so then, the next day mm-hmm. on the twenty first, National Security Council's former Russia analyst Fiona Hill, Aww. thank you, and Counselor for Political Affairs at the U.S. Embassy in Ukraine, David Holmes, publicly testify in the House Intelligence Committee hearings. The Fiona Hill hearing, I love her so much. Yeah. Very solid human. I like and fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. It's like you're you're dealing with people who are like, no, I've been doing this for 30 years. Right. I know what I am talking about. Do not question my integrity. That woman was fierce as fuck. And yes. I just want to be her best friend. Queen. I love her. She is, as Kate McKinnon would say, she is the Beyonce of the government. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So and then so then we, we had a weekend break. We did have a weekend break. <laughs> We came back on a Tuesday, November 25th. 
the federal judge rules that former White House counsel Don McGahn must testify before Congress. So this this is a string of like the lawsuits that we were talking about where White House officials are trying to assert that they there's some sort of immunity that the president has. Right. The executive privilege. Stuff, right. And by because he has it and we're working for him. We also therefore it, it extends and we yeah. enjoy this. And so this is what John Bolton is sort of looking at to see what happens with this. And the federal judge is like, what are you talking? Nah, bitch. What are you it don't work like that. About? Nah, that is ridiculous. Have you ever read a book? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. There is no privilege. There's no immunity. No. Get in there. No. Get on the field. <laughs> And, and play the game. <laughs> Direct quote. Direct quote. And Dominique was like, I don't want to play the game. Ah. <laughs> I want frosted flakes. Ah. <laughs> I'm backing my face away from the mic now. It's so so it's not upset, Kate. So sorry. <laughs> yes. So then on December 3rd, the House Intelligence Committee releases a draft report of key findings in the impeachment inquiry. Their conclusions, their basic conclusions were, one, that the president can conditioned a White House meeting and military aid to Ukraine on a public announcement of investigations beneficial to his reelection campaign. Yeah. The public announcement stuff, like the Republicans want to say like, but it didn't actually happen. Oh, yeah. He, he didn't actually he didn't actually right. do the investigation. I'm like, hello, it's called attempted murder. Right. <laughs> attempted I kidnapping. I tried to kill you and damn it, you lived. <laughs> I'm just like, what are you talking about? My favorite was like watching like whatever, ch- you know, channel I happened to be watching it on. You know, they had their like panels of lawyers mm-hmm. from here to kingdom come. And every time they would like the the hearings would take a break and they would go to the lawyers and whoever the host of the show would be like, is that a valid defense? And all of the lawyers would be like, no, no. my like. Can you imagine the number of people who would be so happy because they wouldn't be in jail? Right. If the, Intent if- to distribute. <laughs> Anybody Hello? else watch Cops? Because it didn't end up happening? That's insane. insane. That's insane. You yep. still attempted. Mm-hmm. There's so many. I'm like, re- I- watch Forensic Files. My God. <laughs> I just, I'm, again, weirdly not a lawyer. But even I know that, like, if you try to commit a crime and it doesn't work out, that doesn't mean you You're didn't commit fine. a crime, right? Like, like, like that is you, still like a the crime. people who like who like pay to have somebody killed. Oh yeah. Just because they didn't get killed doesn't mean it's not a crime to pay to have somebody killed. Right. They just don't get tried for the murder part of it. Right. It's they, a, get tried they get tried for, the for attempted. Fine. It's attempted quid pro quo. We're both just yelling at producer Kate now. I'm. <laughs> She's just taking it off. Right? I just I can't even believe that defense. I'm like that does no, not make bananas. any. It's not a defense. Sense based on everything we've established in the court of law. No. Oh man. So that was their first conclusion. One that the president conditioned a White House meeting and military aid to Ukraine on a public announcement of investigations beneficial to his reelection campaign. That was the first part. Second part that he obstructed the impeachment inquiry by instructing witnesses to ignore subpoenas. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, like that's it. Pick up a newspaper. Yep. That's happening. It's on, happening. Any, it's on Twitter. Any given day, it's all over the goddamn <laughs> It's everywhere. Place. Yeah, that's definitely there. Three, Trump removed Ambassador Marie Ivanovich and handpicked agents to help strong arm Ukraine. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, very importantly, the uh, last part. Oh, the last part. Sorry. Which is unrelated to that, but 
a very oh, interesting thing. This, I was like, oh, this, this is... was when this came out. I was like, ooh, ooh, I know, ah, yum, 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 yum. I'm gonna eat that. I'm gonna eat that little cupcake they just gave me because that was a <laughs> treat. I'm so excited about this part. It is funny. Sorry, it's so good. Say it. Tell I was our like, listeners. This came out, and I was like, I, where, when can I see this movie now? Like, I, I know. I, I'll pay IMAX I prices this to watch this goddamn movie. This was a gift. So the report also implicated ranking member Devin Nunez of being in contact with several key figures, including Ruli Giuliani, Lev Parnas, and John Solomon, with phone records to all of them. Basically, the phone records linking Devin Nunez with these three individuals who have been working for Trump and are very much in the mix of this Ukrainian Ukrainian scandal. scandal. Yeah. And Devin is, you know, one of those things like, I don't remember having this phone call. I don't remember how. And they're like, you don't remember having one, two, three, four, five, six, 49 phone calls. And he's like, no, I've never I don't even have a phone. I've never owned a phone. I can't I can't read. I don't know. I like it's just. Oh, when Devin got dragged into this, I was like, Devin, oh of God, course, so of course good. he did. Of course he's called Rudy Giuliani. Of course he has. Of course he is. This Look is, at his face. This is why he's being an asshole through this I whole know, because he's like, shoot, they're going to they're gonna find out that I have a phone. <laughs> <laughs> Look at it. He, he is the face. He is the face of somebody who has made several phone calls to Rudy Giuliani. That is what his whole vibe is. Yeah. Has called Rudy Giuliani. All right, round Coming us Christmas home. Day. All right, December 4th, the House Judiciary Committee began its first public hearing into the impeachment inquiry. So we went from the intelligence to the Judiciary, Judiciary Committee. And three legal experts testified that Trump abused his office. These experts were Noah Feldman, who's a professor at Harvard Law School, Pamela Carlin, professor at Stanford Law, and Michael Gerhart, professor at University of North Carolina School of Law. The GOP called one witness to assert that there was no wrongdoing. His name was Jonathan Turley. And he is a professor at George Washington University School of Law. So a lot of law professors. I did love that a lot of these law professors were like, they kept bringing up the founding fathers. Oh, In their testimonies. I'm like, don't you speak their names. My boys and Benjamin Franklin would have never allowed this. And they are problematic individuals. I, I, you know, I have had many a stern talking to with my boys and Benjamin Franklin. But don't bring them up here and now. They would look at this situation and go... What in Jesus' name is going on here? Can we have George back? <laughs> Do you want the goat? We'll lend him to you. Oh, my God. He's a really great secretary of state. The goat is literally like, I am not getting my hooves in this. This is a mess. <laughs> this is not what we intended. I love when people talk about the founding fathers' intentions. I'm like, yeah. you are, have no idea. The founding fathers' intentions was to, like, not die at 42. <laughs> And hopefully be able to, like, drink tea without being taxed. Right. You know? Like, like don't, don't, don't talk about the intentions. Yep. Also, like, half of you aren't allowed at the table. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, don't talk about it. Huh? You don't know. You don't know. Yeah. What I know is they, not, they definitely didn't, they didn't want all this. They were like, you guys, we put it in the Constitution. But I think that they, I think that they did want it. Like they wanted some kind of process. Like if oh you no, think I mean that, they didn't like, want Trump. Like, oh right, right, that, right, all right, that right, business. Right. Oh yeah, they definitely wanted impeachment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, okay, they didn't. <laughs> they were some untrusting. Oh yeah, because they boys. didn't want a king. Like they did yeah. not want very paranoid Trump. They did not want any of that situation. Yeah. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, they I'm wanted. On board they wanted George Washington, soft spoken, with a head full of wood, <laughs> to just lead them gently. Gently into that good night. I read. 
<laughs> so good. Oh my god. Okay, tell us what's next. Okay, what's next, guys? Okay, so literally this will probably be come out before this airs, but so what probably has happened is the House Judiciary Committee is expected to draw up articles of impeachment that will need to be voted on by the committee. Approved articles, they will be voted on individually. So it'll be like like we've talked about, obstruction of justice article, quid pro quo article, yeah. you know, whatever other articles that they'll come up with. I'm sure there's going to be several. Those approved articles, will, they need 21 votes to pass, which is very much expected to happen. Yeah. And that will be sent to the House for a full vote. After that, the House of Representatives, as the whole, will debate in the individual articles of impeachment. And then they will vote on each article individually, and it will require a simple majority to pass, which will be 233, and that is expected to happen because of the majority that the Democrats have. Yep. The past articles of impeachment will be sent to the Senate, where the trial portion of the impeachment process will begin. So let's talk about that little, in that, that process. Great. So the rules of the of the impeachment process in the Senate set the stage. For this me. is what happens. Set so, the stage. <laughs> Chief Justice John Roberts of the Supreme Court of the United States will be sworn in to preside over the trial. Can you imagine being John Roberts right now? I can't like, ever imagine being. John I mean, Roberts. I honestly like. It's just so bewildering to me that this, 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 like he's just prepare, like he's just preparing to do this. Yeah. Because it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Like, I wonder at one point John Roberts was like, I should, I should prepare. You know, at what point in this <laughs> process me... he was like, I think I, uh, clerk number two, give me, give me the book. Give me the book on impeachment. What's your name? Brian? Brian. Brian give me the book. Give me the book. Okay. <laughs> Let's take a look at this handbook. <laughs> you know, like what, like what is he reading right now? To... I know. Could you imagine? Like, let me just. I want to know what his prep is. Let me brush up on impeachment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can somebody give me, good bring idea me the Constitution? Just bring it over. <laughs> bring, bring it over. Great. Four lines. Okay. That's so not helpful. Ooh, Thank you. Right. Good, 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 good. Yeah, I'm just, it's crazy. It's crazy. Anyways, it's okay. Insane. So yeah, sweet yeah, baby so John. Chief Justice John Roberts will preside over the trial. The senators will be sworn in to act as a jury over the mm -hmm. proceedings. Each senator will get one vote of either guilty or not guilty for each article. For each article, yep. And then the Senate will issue a writ of summons to the president asking him to respond to the articles by a set date. So the Senate trial, here's what is you can expect to happen. The House of Representatives will appoint a team of lawyers from the chamber known as managers to play the role of prosecutors in the Senate. They and the White House defense lawyers will present opening statements. The senators may question, the senators who are acting as jury now, may question both parties, uh, the witnesses that they bring. And they can also, at any point, propose a motion to dismiss the charges, which I'm expecting to happen, like, as right. sort of like a display, as sort of like an act of like, mm -hmm. but this, so, but this is my question, like, wouldn't they just do that in the beginning? And I think it'll happen in the beginning. I think like, the, I think the it'll, first thing to happen. Yeah, it'll be like a peacocking moment of like, this should be, and then then they have to vote, and then it won't happen, and then we'll back, we'll be back. And it won't happen because, just they for our listeners, the, it won't happen because they won't have the numbers. They won't have the numbers. Got it. Yeah. And then there will be after, so questioning's happening. Another thing you'll expect will be an examination of evidence. It'll be witnesses and evidence will be questioned and cross-examined. So we'll probably see the same players that we've saw seen before, mm -hmm. definitely. And it'll be a similar thing of 
you know, a more a bigger, more public hearing. And then after all of this has happened, closing arguments are made. What happens sort of to button all of this? And this is where I feel like it's not going to happen. A two-thirds vote is required to move the president to remove the president from office. Any two-thirds vote on one of the articles that is brought will remove the president from office. It does he does not have to be found guilty on all, just one. They will vote on each article individually. Right now, the makeup, there are 53 Republicans and technically 45 Democrats plus two independents, so 47 total on the other side. Yep. It would require 67 senators to vote to remove president trump so to vote guilty on one of the articles yep and so that would require 20 republican senators to vote for the impeachment of president trump i feel like this is where we need mitt romney to mitt, really mitt can come up. through mitt could mitt could come through mitt, mitt is a mitt through. is a whip yep mitt is a whip Guys, this is where if you live in a if you live in a purplish state, call your senators. This is this is it. You know, this will I feel like this will decide reelections for them. And there yeah. are there are Republican senators who are. Who will be in trouble. Yeah. You know, and it'll I be- and I do think that we will see. I do not think that it will be my prediction is it will not be a full vote on party lines. I do not think all 53 Republican senators will say not guilty. I. I think that there will be some changeover. I don't think that there will be enough. I think that what you'll see is that I think you're more likely to see a, a heavier turn from the Republican Party against Trump in an article that talks about um, obstruction of the investigation. Sure. Because that's so clear. Yeah. It's it, to- well, there's, there's it's in the courts. Like It's, yeah. it's clear. Yeah, sure. And there's no like... Well, it didn't happen, and so therefore it's not important. You know, like there's that whole bullshit argument isn't there. I feel like that's one where you're like, this is what I'm. I'm not gonna throw my impeachment vote to like he did the, the on the quid pro quo article, but yeah. I'll throw it on the you know whatever. Sure, like that. Yeah. I can see more Republicans turning that way. But guys, that's our update. So what we're waiting to sort of see how the Senate handles it, and yeah. we will give updates probably throughout that process. It's gonna be a lot, but yeah. All we can say is, and I'll end it with this, call your senators. Yeah. Because it's it's up to them. It's up to them. Okay, but we love you so, so much. And we will see you next Wednesday. Bye. Bye. Bye.